1: Welcome back to the True Blue LA Podcast. I'm Jacob Birch. Eric Steven. Feels like I've been talking to you uh, forever.
2: Hello. Yeah, we actually, um, I don't know if you know this, we recorded episodes the last two weeks, but then uh, they got lost into the ether. So, sorry.
1: Just like the first 10 minutes of this episode where <laughs> I was not, I was recording you. So, we could. it could have been this like avant-garde thing. But. where you just have to assume you can figure out what I'm talking about, but that didn't happen. Uh, yeah, we d- I did not record episode the last two weeks. you were sick, really sick last week yeah uh, and then we were both in spring training the week before and trying to find a good place to record there did not work out. but we're back. it was kind of an uneventful spring to begin with so I don't know what we would have said anyways. we would have made up bu- a bunch of stuff um you 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 were on on brief spring training but it sounded like you had a good time.
2: Yeah, it was fun. Uh, you're right. Like we, it would have been. There would have been a lot of fluff before this. said yes. we were already. We've always always been kind of dancing around, like the. Hey, what's the opening day roster going to be like? Well, now we kind of have it. So. And we've and
1: and like we, yeah. we uh we I was about to say we already mentioned no we haven't because I I had to scrap that but we've been on twenty three of the twenty five names for it feels like a month and now we're at half ish uh, names on the roster, but it's, right. it's basically settled. I think maybe there's one bullpen spot. That's a little loud in the open. and um, we'll talk about that, uh, real quick. Uh, we don't have to do the lawn dialogue we did on spring training before, but you mentioned the piece that you were working on while at spring training. I want to make sure you mention that because I'm excited to read it.
2: Oh yeah. So John Shoemaker, he's been coached for the, with the Dodgers. This is his 39th year. Uh, and he was a minor league player for four seasons before that. Um, uh, so he's been in the organization for 43 years running. Um, I, part of a lot of my spring training was kind of chasing, uh, stuff around him. So I was at Dodgers camp a lot. Um, my plan was to hit up some more <clears throat> other things, but I ended up being at Dodgers camp more than I expected, which was fine. But, um, yeah, so that, I think that feature's coming out this week. Uh, it's in editing right now. Uh, but yeah, it's like, it, it was a lot of fun. He, he's been, like a fixture in the Dodgers minors for 40 years he he was you know he was a major league coach or minor league coach excuse me at like 24 <laughs> so <laughs> and, which is crazy and then uh <clears throat> but he and he's been at like um this is his 26th year as a manager and it's like almost all at the lower levels like uh a level or i get a level and below he had some double a triple a but it's like 75 percent of the time has been like the most instructional type level. So he is like basically ingrained everything into the Dodgers. So I did a nice, I think a nice little feature on him. Um, Yeah. So I think it's going to be fun. It should be out this week. Um, Look for it. I'll I'll have it, have it up on true blue LA too. Um, The other thing we should mention too, we should probably have her on here. Um, uh, Elizabeth East is the new site manager at true blue LA. Uh, I know we, we talked before Ryan Walton was, um, He's sort of, um, you know, one uh, way to, uh, you know, sort of, he has a, a day job and uh, understandable. So dealing with that uh, was, was, um, you know, and the site was uh, a lot to ask and understandable. So um, Elizabeth, he's lost, she's a student at USC, or USC excuse me, um, and I talked to her a little bit and I think she's going to do a good job. So very happy for her. Um, yeah, I actually got
1: to meet her in person. The, the, the oh. she emailed me my second to last <clears throat> day in LA saying if she could if not knowing that I live in Kansas City and asked if uh, we could have a chat over the phone. Uh, or if I was in LA to get a coffee and I said, you have one day <laughs> if oh. you can make it. And she did. She like dropped everything on her schedule. We met up in Los Feliz and chatted a lot about sort of the future of the podcast and things we can be doing all, all exciting stuff. We're excited to do in this coming year, coming year of regular season baseball.
2: Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Um, so yeah, looking for uh, good things from her and, uh, I think she'll do a good job. So, uh, congrats to her on that, and I, we we'll have her on at some point to you know discuss the side and the team and all that kind of stuff.
1: Absolutely. So, uh, my I guess I'll do a quick. Some people might want to know how my spring training went. It was great. Lots of good food was had. Lots of horrible for me food was had. Had to put the diet <laughs> on hold, and we did. Added some pounds. Um, if you if y'all haven't been to spring training uh, for any reason, please do. It is, I think man I might have more fun at it than I do let's say NLDS baseball I don't want to go much further than that but it's just such a different experience and it kind of captures that the sort of low keenness that a long a a sport like baseball that has a long season like it does has it just feels really relaxed you kind of come as you are enjoy some food enjoy enjoy the game sort of in its purest form without a lot of the the emotions that come with sort of a heightened heightened stakes
2: there, there's so many advantages to it that well obviously look, there's no stakes right that's that's yes. the one thing but it's so <laughs> i shouldn't at- say
1: low stakes i should say zero stakes i know what you mean yeah but like <laughs>
2: yeah. The, the atmosphere is like is its biggest selling point it's so kickback and you're literally like you're just there to relax and like you um the other advantage is that it's intimate because the stadiums are so small so you no matter where you're at you're basically like closer to the, the players and uh, to the field than you would be you, i mean i guess you could be sitting at the field level at Dodger stadium but uh not not uh not many people do that i mean that you know just the the sheer numbers of it but uh so it's an amazing experience plus you get to go you can go watch batting practice and roam the grounds it's much more hands-on i think than a major Mm -hmm. league game uh and it's great and the weather is usually awesome i know it tends to rain sometimes um but yeah it was i think it was good uh so yes i i I love spring training as well I, i i know the previous years i've been out there like the whole time so i probably was a little jaded but this time i was a little more um goal oriented like i had my things to do and i was only there for a week so yeah it was good but i was going to ask you of all the you mentioned all the food uh what are your uh top like couple things that you ate when you were in, in arizona
1: so we only got to go to uh two stadiums we were maybe going to do a game in, at scottsdale on sunday uh it didn't end up happening we were able actually to get a way way earlier flight home Oh. And um, the family members we were going to go with weren't able to go. So uh, we decided to just take that opportunity. So we did Camelback and we did Hoho Cam. And I had, this surprised me that this would be the pick, but it was um, pastrami and corned beef sliders at Hoho Cam oh. uh, on challah Bread that were really, Holla. really good. Yeah. And different, like. Yeah. Different enough that I'm like, oh, I normally wouldn't have like this, but still had the sort of fatty, meaty essence of of baseball food. So it didn't feel completely out of left field, but also felt uh, different enough that it was a unique experience.
2: That's pretty solid. Uh, I've never tried that. Did it have any sort of like a, like a mustard on it or any kind of spread or anything uh, like they that? They had
1: some, the some yeah, deli mustard. I don't know if that came stock or if okay. me put it on it when she got it for me, but... It was delicious. So so
2: I think that. So I met up with you. I met your wife uh, finally after years of trying. Where we just like. uh,
1: You would get sick, or then I would be busy, or you have to leave
2: early. Cross paths and and just couldn't work it out. But we finally did. So we had a nice chat for several innings, and uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, That was the one, I think, the one night I, I got. Uh, ballpark food i um i didn't eat much i think during the day so like and this was a night game um mm-hmm. and on my i only did it, like on my way out like gr- going back to the car or going back to the the press room or whatever i just grabbed i got a like um a bratwurst at the same and, and as always like it always tastes so good like it's just like <laughs> oh it, it's like tastes like tastes like home uh when i the one thing i did do um Someone told me to get, uh someone I work with at SB Nation told me to get Sonoran dogs, uh, which Thanks. is... I
1: read up on this. I didn't end up getting one, but...
2: Yeah, so there's like, there's a lot of stuff going on in there. Yes. There, there, <laughs> There's there. There's a lot of tomatoes, I'll say that. And I, I like tomatoes, but man, that's a lot of tomatoes for a single hot dog. But I'll say this, um, the place I went to, um, there's like a bunch of them in Phoenix, um has a very sturdy bun, which helped because there's a lot of stuff on there and it didn't, didn't collapse or, or, you know, get soggy. Um, but there's like, there's actual, there's beans in, on the hot dog too. And it's not, and, and I thought it was going to, that would take away from it. It actually was fine. Like it was good, but there's like, um, there's a jalapeno like sauce. Uh, they, the normal way is they, they have mayonnaise. And then I think avocado too. I didn't get mayonnaise or avocado because I don't like either of those, but there's like, um, Bunch of stuff on there, and I got it, and I really liked it. Uh, and I think I think also it was bacon wrap, so that was probably like, probably went a long way. But it was excellent. Uh, and so yeah, I just I wanted to try that, and then there's a couple burrito places I tried, but yeah, it was good.
1: Well, I'm pretty sure this episode is entirely about what we you and I did on spring training, so I think we can wrap it up.
2: I think uh, too when you mentioned at the beginning, I now I have this. We should do one episode where it is, it literally is just one of us talking. So it's like um some sort of a weird audio role play thing. Yeah. Where you're only hearing one side of the conversation and you have to guess what the other person is saying. And you have to guess <laughs> I, I think we should,
1: You have to guess why we're not talking about the regular season. But you know what? Let's do that now. How about that? There's we'll, bonus be content.
2: A, there's gonna be a silence and then I'll be like, Great question, Jacob. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that was be hilarious. Like, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so uh, opening day is this Thursday, which blows my mind. Uh, I, I like I knew it was the twenty eighth, and I've known that for a while, but I still right. had it pegged as like Monday for some reason. Like, no, there's not a weekend series. We're we're going to start on a Monday, um, but that's not the case. Uh, already two games in the books. Seattle's and the A's played over in Japan, the Tokyo Dome, which I've been to and is wonderful. Another experience everyone should do. But here it is, regular season for the the rest of us. And we've got, like I mentioned, more or less the 25-man roster figured out. We're going to go over that entire roster. Uh, should we start with the rotation? Because that's where it's kind of the more, I think, if you haven't been paying attention and you're just coming back to baseball because uh, opening days around the corner, this this rotation may probably surprise you.
2: I think so too. Uh, wait, just quick before we do that, sure. uh, you mentioned the games in Japan. Yeah. Uh, Tim Beckham is 5 for 7. Uh, Marcus Simeon is 4 for 8, so they're dominating the uh, leaderboards When we right recorded
1: now. this earlier, Eric put that as someone's 5 for 7, and I'm uh, glad I had ta- just had ta- 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 to look, ta- look it, it up. up. Yeah, I
2: purposely sabotaged the recording, so we had to do it over, so I, I had to ta- 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 look an it An
1: entire week of being a- at that uh, batting average, that's got to feel good. Uh,
2: there was a t- the, the year the Dodgers went to Australia, 2014. Um, Adrian Gonzalez, like, I, I don't know if it was on the back end of a uh, double steal work it was like just a m- messed up play but he stole a base so like for a week he was the major league leader in stolen <laughs> bases which is which is great since everyone for on the board uh on triple a for a while he was uh uh <laughs> he was la tortuga <laughs> that was his nickname uh so very slow but that so i thought that was great but oh yeah, and also uh, I think this was assumed, like you know, going into it, but it was became official after the second game. Ichiro um, played two games in Japan, and then he retired. Like um, so that was that was cool. He got he got a really nice like um, sort of going away party, and that was that was nice.
1: You want to talk about the Dodgers? Sure. Yeah, I, I guess there were a
2: Dodgers podcast, right?
1: <laughs> I we were a spring training food podcast. So uh, let's go over the rotation. I'll let you do it, but I have the list in front of me in case you screw it up. So I'm, I'm here uh, for you.
2: And I, I, I want to do this rotation in a second, but you mentioned food, which got me on another <laughs> tangent. the tangent. I know the Dodgers, I didn't go to it, but I think the Dodgers like revealed some of their new stuff this year uh That's new fun. food and it. It, it they have a couple giant sausages again which are hilarious because they're they're literally like long like longer than my laptop like i because i got one during the playoffs last year yeah yeah, i brought my laptop it's just like, hey, a laptop size sausage nope i'm moving on though no. uh and it, but it looked like there's some good stuff so i will i will bravely try some of this this season and get back to you with uh the the reviews but yeah yeah so the rotation um so
1: <laughs> we got
2: there. like we were, were talking talking about this all spring like we knew like clayton kershaw was not going to be ready for opening day too much of well a you did a shoulder. lot of uh, dave roberts yeah, didn't yeah. <laughs> well right i think it was more like he, he is, just but... he, he never wants to say anything yeah, yeah, yeah. until he he's like you know until they know exact because there's no point right it's because then everyone's gonna be like, who's starting and who's starting and so but yeah, so it took way too long for him to say, you know what, Kershaw. He, he like hadn't, he still hasn't pitched in a game, and and was like, I don't know, you know, you know, like <laughs> he could still uh, opening days like tomorrow. Well, no, uh, but no, so Kershaw's going to start the season on the injured list, not the disabled list, the injured list. Um, so is Rich Hill, who had a, a knee thing. Um, he was sort of in tra- on track. It was going to be either him or Gunjin Ryu to start opening day. Uh, And if Hill would have started, he would have been the oldest L.A. Dodger to start opening day pitcher ever. Um, But he has a a, a knee thing. He's probably going to be a couple starts out. Uh, I guess Kershaw was mentioning he's like 20 days behind, so maybe he's more later April. Uh, Tony Singrani also on the DL, not in the rotation, but just he has a shoulder thing. Key part of the bullpen, but that's sort of what he dealt with last year, so there's a lot of red flags there. So that sort of leaves the the rotation as uh, we mentioned, Ryu starting opening day. That's great. Ross Stripling, who we've we've all sort of talked about as the like next guy up, the sixth guy. He started though just the way it worked out. He's starting the second game. Then Kenta Maeda. And then Walker Buehler had sort of set. He had a dead arm period at some point. He was sort of behind as well. That's why they sort of moved him to the back end of the rotation to start. Um, and then uh, Julio Urias uh, made the opening day roster, and he's going to start. He's going to be the fifth starter for a little bit. So um, that's basically a rotation. And I, you know, I think we you know we talked about this. The Dodgers have had one. Pitcher make thirty starts in the last three seasons. That was Kenta Maeda in two thousand sixteen. So I think they just go into the year like they're they're going to overwhelm you with with depth, right? Like, mm-hmm. and I don't think they care if any one pitcher or they plan on not, not having any pitcher like make that many starts. If, hey, if someone's healthy enough to do it, great. But they're not going to force it. So I think they just they're this is how it's going to be. And uh but the the thing is, it's a really it's a lot of depth. Like that's a that's a pretty good starting five. Like, may- maybe not for an entire season. You know, like, um, you know, we saw stripling sort of fade in the second half last year, and Iuria certainly kind of can't that. pitch the whole year.
1: And made and kind so of like that yeah, last few years yeah.
2: But it's like. But having those, guys, having that as your, that's a very competent like starting rotation. And oh, by the way, Kershaw and Hill are like. Oh yeah, by the way, two our, at some you know, point. So like
1: three or four best starting Right. Out. So yeah, no, it, it looks great. Who, who, I'm excited you're, you're, for you basically it. Basically, will start. Yeah. It, it, I'm sure they so wish not, it. Um, yeah. The both had happened with you know without an injury list trip, but still really nice for Hingen and uh, Urias. Uh, you know, got feathers in their cap an opening day start and making the opening day rotation. Uh, really, yeah. really good for both of those guys. Absolutely. So let's move on um, to the, yeah. uh, the, the hitters. How about that?
2: Sure. I, uh, Th- this one this was one bit where, of news
1: that yeah. came out, uh, from that, I'm going to interrupt you. You're going to talk about food again, yep. aren't you? No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> no um, uh, so I'm going to start just popping my head the latest, maybe the only, it surprised me is that uh Kiki Hernandez is apparently slotted in to be the everyday second baseman.
2: Yeah, so it's definitely like um he I mean he's he's the starting second baseman. That's where but I think as we've seen with this team like it doesn't necessarily mean he's everyday, you know. sure, but I, sure. I I think he's going to he's going to get the book of the type playing time and look like honestly he earned it. Like like he yeah. he was really good last year. Um and so it's, you know, Chris Taylor um, is going to mix in a lot in left field. And then he's just going to kind of uh, he's going to be like one half of the platoon with Jack Peterson, basically. But I think that's basically like the only spot they're going to really heavily platoon. Everything else is like fill in here and there. Like Taylor will move around. David Freeze will occasionally start at first and you maybe fill it's kill only in at occasionally?
1: Third. I, I I guess I had sort of an assumption that that the first base would be a not a straight platoon, but that Freeze would get a lot of them, and then they might move Muncy Muncy somewhere else. Uh, but you yeah, think but that's?
2: I think they give Muncie a little bit of time against lefties. We'll see. I mean, I don't think it's going to be like an everyday thing, but well, maybe not. Right? But it's but and then basically Pollock is everyday in center is basically going to be every day and right, I think. Um, maybe that's where the, the change comes in. Maybe um, they, they can maneuver around. So maybe some days, maybe if they want to give Muncie a day, maybe Bellinger starts at first and they just start another outfielder or something like that. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, so I, I think that's kind of where they're at. Um, uh, but it, it, the, the only real question going into the spring, like we, we mentioned, is like they were kind of set at 11 of the 12 about um, well, position players, uh, and the only real question was was Alex Verdugo going to make the team? Because you know, like the he's been at Triple A two years, he doesn't really have much to prove there. So, and do you, it's a matter of do you want him up on the in the majors where he's not playing every day, or do you want to continue to develop because he's still really young? Um, but there, they, he made the team. So the only other uh, candidate in my mind for that spot was Brad Miller, an infielder, but he plays all around. He played in the outfield too. Um, but he 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 was not going to win the job, so he opted out of his minor league deal, and ended up signing a major league deal with the Indians. So now it's just a matter of what how Verdugo can sort of find his ways to get some playing time, and we'll see how that goes.
1: So I have I'm going over the offense right now. We've got for sake of my argument, I've got Munson freeze at first, Kiki at second, Seeger at short, JT at third. Jock Peterson and Chris Taylor splitting time in left um, Pollock at center Bellinger and right and Barnes slotted in to uh, catch. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Dave Roberts words were the majority or th- I think he said like three out of five. Yeah. Roughly. 60
2: 40. Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, and so that leaves a bench of, and again, two of the blue Team players would be on the bench, but of Russell Martin and then Alex Verdugo. Is that, am I missing anything there?
2: No, nope, that's exactly right.
1: Okay. Uh so yeah, that's I I think I the catching position definitely has me a little nervous. I would love for Austin Barnes especially to kind of have a resurgence and have that kind of doesn't have to, you know blow me away or anything, but that nice little season that he had a couple seasons ago, a repeat of that would be would be wonderful for the Dodgers.
2: Man, that would if they if they get that kind of protection at a catcher, they're gonna be really good. Yes. <laughs> I mean they're gonna be pretty good anyway, but like Because that's, that's, they're going to be their weak spot, I think, going in. Second base was bad last year overall, but I think it'll be better with Kike and then Chris Taylor and whoever fills in. Um, I think they're going to be fine uh, pretty much everywhere else.
1: So that leaves the bullpen, which is, I think, I think we still have a question mark. uh, uh, Yes. There's still one, like, because we uh, didn't, right? We didn't. We were, uh when before we found out that Hill would start the year on the IL, the I guess it wasn't set in stone, but the understanding was Urias would be in the bullpen, and that yes, that and so it's, that hole is where uh, we need to fill in. So, uh, who do we got in the bullpen for this year?
2: So uh, they, you know, Kenley Jansen made the team. Uh, so what? that's, a, that's one for spot. Him. And then, yeah, he's going to compete with Joe Kelly for the closing spot. <laughs> no, no. no uh, so th- those two for sure, obviously. And then like we, uh, it's basically like the you know a series of interchangeable parts. Like Pedro Baez, good year last year. He's obviously in there, so that was not in question. Scott Alexander made the team. Also not much of a question. The ones who sort of made the team, you know, this spring were Caleb Ferguson, who was really good out of the bullpen last year, although he's really like a starter. Um, Dylan Floro, um, who was really good at times. And then Jimmy Garcia, who's out of options, but he's also good this spring. So he has he good stuff. Um, he's the only really one who's out of options. So they, they have, they have a lot of flexibility there. Um, so yeah, those those seven, and then I think the way I've been reading this is that Dave Roberts was saying like they, they kind of want a long man uh, for that other spot, but uh, it sounds like Brock Stewart would be the guy if they if they choose to go that route. But we'll you know we'll see. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's they signed Justin Grimm to a minor league deal uh, like literally yesterday. Uh, so I don't think that's something where. Um, it's not something where like he would he he might not be ready to start to make the team now, but it sounds like that'd be kind of an addition they might you know make at some point once he's ready. But yeah, um, so I think they just they have a lot of options there.
1: Where who do you think they'll go with the last spot? If you just had, uh, do you think it's going to be Brock Stewart?
2: Yeah, I haven't been like keeping that close of tabs on. I I would guess probably yes, especially if they the way they keep talking about wanting a long man or doing something like that, so we'll, we'll see. But I, I think I think they'll go with Stewart there, probably. Uh, you know what? Den, Dennis Santana is probably another option, but I, I don't think he's looked as good this spring, so maybe not. Uh,
1: S- Stuff-wise. Quick question about Caleb Ferguson. Is Was he brought along in spring training strictly as a short relief guy? Uh, which guy? Caleb Ferguson.
2: No, So I think it's one of those things where they started him off, like, everyone starts off, like, even the starters early in the spring, like you basically start one or two innings and then you're going to move your way up. Mm-hmm. And I think they, they kept their options open with Stewart, but I don't think it ever, I mean with um, Ferguson, Ferguson. And cause you could always build yourself up as a starter and then go, go back. Um, and then just, you know, switch back to relief. But I don't, I, I don't think he ever got that stretched out Okay, just because I think it was more of a, a timing thing because, well, I you know Kershaw was never um, ready, and Bueller didn't pitch for a while, so it's not like there are a lot of starters. But they had like you know guys filling in. But I think I'm, I'm gonna I'm looking up as as I'm stalling here um, <laughs> his his game logs. But uh, yeah, I think um, I don't think he pitched more than like two innings. But I'm gonna I'm, I'm looking it up right now. Um okay game logs uh he oh he he pitched two innings once and then two and a third another time so he got decently stretched out so like
1: i'm i'm just curious if uh why dave might not be uh considering him for that long man relief to me it makes sense to say hey this is how we're going to want to use him throughout the year let's not even try to get him stretched and then back and stretched but uh, that's sort of more uh <laughs> But yeah, I think he is, but I think they just want another long man. <laughs> oh, okay.
2: Because like they, like Urias and then Stripling and then they always have like a short leash on Maeda. Uh, so and then Bueller probably to start the season isn't probably fully stretched out. So I think that's why they want like those multiple inning guys. Um, so I think they just want more of them. Sure. Yeah.
1: Well, there's your you know you know pre any. I'm sure we're gonna get a trade in two days. <coughs> completely shatters (laughs) everything but uh until that with there's your roster so i was watching the first uh, we're recording this on a monday so the first game of the freeway series the exhibition series against the angels uh which was great great hearing joe davis and and oral great just seeing a major league ballpark great scene at least for half the game what looks like a legitimate starting Uh, lineup as opposed to where you know the first four names and then you start trailing off on uh, it's like oh I think I I remember Eric mentioning that guy once Uh, but it was occurring to me and uh, as as is their job Joe Davis was they were doing a lot of talking about how excited they are and you know best spring ever and how good of shape everyone was in and all the stuff they've been working on and so my question to you is which of those do you have would you believe could lead the Dodgers to a world series victory? Because the team we saw last year and a lot of this was, you know, perhaps just bad luck. Like they just, they too many bad streaks um, going into the world series. But I also think you could definitely make an argument that the Dodgers last year just weren't as good as the two, three, maybe even four best teams in the AL and maybe not even the best team in the NL. Certainly not how they played in the world series. So right. considering the Dodgers did not make a lot of forward moves in the offseason. They I, I would say moving Puig and Kemp for Pollock, maybe that's an improvement, but it um certainly in the left righty matchup, but is largely talent wise, maybe a lateral move. Right. So if we got the same team that kind of sputtered down the World Series, what what changes with the the guys they have now do you think will fuel could fuel a World Series victory?
2: Yeah, so the only thing I can think of is like, is is maybe defense is mm. how they sort of improve because, like, um, you know, adding Pollock gives them a true center fielder. Look, we know his like injury history, so maybe he's not going to play 150 games, but if he plays 100 games or 120 games, that's still better than, and then they can just fill in the rest. And then maybe having Verdugo up, because I think he could play all three spots too, like if he has to fill in. But like, uh, I think that kind of streamlines everything. And look, platooning, like you don't, I don't think anyone goes in planning to platoon. and everyone assumed that last year. They're, they they adjusted on the fly because the, the performance sort of dictated that. And this year they're going to basically have like one platoon and left, and then a bunch of fill in, I think, uh, spots starts here and there, the other spots. So... I think um, Seeger getting Seeger back at short probably helps overall, um, and then Pollock in center. And I think it makes the other spots better. Like Taylor, um, I think if he's in left field, like that, he's a much better defensive like left fielder than he is a center fielder. Um, the problem is like Puig was good right in in right, and then so how how good is Bellinger going to be? He's probably the fastest Dodger though, and he has a good arm. So I think he's going to be fine, actually. And then putting Muncie at first and not, like, second helps. And then I think Kike, who's like a shortstop level defender, or can be, I think he's going to be okay at second. So I think maybe that's where they sort of make the gains. Like, I was looking, like, last year. They – so just quick – I quickly uh, looked up on fan graphs, and they they ranked 23rd in the majors in defense. They were under – below average – and their defensive number—it's not—it's not completely UZR Ultimate Zone Rating related, but there's more that goes into it. But I think they were—they were negative 19, 18.6 runs, so like basically almost two wins uh, below average. Um, so like, were the top—the Angels were the top defensive team. They were plus 50. Uh, that's huge, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like, that's a big swing. So like, if they—they they can get to average, that helps a little bit. Um, and I think you look at last year, the Dodgers, like, they led the, the National League in runs scored and fewest runs allowed. And, like, they their Pythag record was, like, 101 or 100 wins or something, and they only won 91 or 92 uh, after the tiebreaker game. But so maybe that evens out a little bit, and then they just get better defense. So I think there's potential there for, like, just improving by um, – you know, getting things to bounce their way or whatever, but uh, it's not all that. But yeah, you're right. Like, um, you know, they they they're, they still have depth. They traded a lot of that depth, uh, but also didn't like. I think it's the we've seen it's it's been more almost more financial than anything, um, because. But I think it's it's also it it's one thing to have depth, and it's another thing to have usable depth. And like, I would imagine it's difficult to have a roster, like, like, let's say they didn't, they didn't sign Paul, like they'd still have the center field issue. uh, And then they'd still have to placate wanting kept wanting to play and, you know, Puig being right. So it wouldn't be that big of a deal, but like, um, and then, you know, where do you, do you have Alex Wood in the bullpen uh, where he doesn't really want to pitch? I'm not making excuses for it. I'm just like, that's, that's sort of where they're at. So they, they, they gave up that depth. And didn't really add like star power, but what they did get is an actual center fielder, so maybe that helps them. Um, but yeah, it seemed like that was more financially motivated than anything. But I, so, and then other than that, I guess Seager, I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. they've got production from Machado for the two months, but if, if Seager, like, if they get a full season of Seager and he's close to the Seager the first two years, man, like, that's great, you know? So maybe he's the catalyst too, so like. It's like it, Justin Turner is the Dodgers' best hitter, uh, but like Seager, if he might be better, you know. <laughs> like so, like uh, yeah. So that that's those are like probably the best two reasons.
1: And I I'm quick to point out that the Dodgers are going into this year with a much worse uh, catching situation, but yeah. in terms of how they did in the World Series, not going to get much worse. So <laughs> that that's you know not necessarily a necessarily reason why. Um, it, 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 there's even even a someone with a worse regular season than grandall might might put up a uh, you know not such a black hole uh we can hope there just a few things that came up on the broadcast and again this is from a broadcaster's perspective they are yeah. much more incentivized to push uh quote unquote a narrative than than someone else uh new so i want to just your quick comments on it if you've when from what you've heard and what you've seen, if this bears true or if this is just more fluff than anything else, uh, new hitting approach that they brought this up a lot. That with the uh, new, uh, they were sick of the feast or famine uh, approach, where the you know they'd score ten and ten and then one and one, um, and that they wanted a more sort of consistent hitting approach uh, with a little. Um, perhaps some allusions to more of the, how the Red Sox approached this. Um, has this come up for you? Do you think this is actually going to bear fruit? Uh, maybe. I don't think there, there I don't think there's going to
2: be like a huge overall uh, overhaul or anything, but I just think like, as like that's just kind of almost the nature of the game at this point. Like there's a lot of home runs in the game and there's a lot of strikeouts and, um, but the Dodgers are still really good at like seeing pitches and, and taking their walks, and like we saw, like Muncie last year, because he was the best on the team at hitting home runs and drawing walks, and he still struck out. But like when he the the couple times he did slump, it was it was he stopped walking and he started he was chasing. Um, and so I think as long as they sort of stick with that um, mentality, I think they'll be fine. But they, I think it's just uh, the strikeouts are just going to happen. Like they were they had um, a lot of issues last year, like you know uh, with runners in scoring position they were bad for a while uh, and that that hurt them in terms of like uh you know we mentioned the difference between their actual wins and their Pythagorean uh, wins so that was part of it but i don't think there's like an a, the, i don't think they're just going to all of a sudden try to be slap hitters or or something like that i just think they're i don't necessarily think they're always trying for home runs they're just trying to hit the shit out of the ball <laughs> like yeah. and and like but just get consistent solid contact but and I think the home runs will come from that, but yeah, I think strikeouts are a part of it. But I think they're as good as as any team in terms of as recognizing balls and strikes. And as long as that is the foundation of it, I think they're going to be okay.
1: Yeah, yeah I found, I, well, it'd be interesting though. I mean, yeah, it came up a lot. I was interested because they kept talking that they're you know the new hitting coaches and that they're going to develop this approach, but they never really went into well, what what actual differences does that entail? Because yeah. like you, I'm like I don't think they're just going to all of a sudden move to being plath hitters and like that. And the sort of the core of hit ball hard, you know, swing at pitches in the zone and don't on the ones out, I don't see that changing. So I'm curious to see if we will see any approaches. Excited for uh, articles that come out written about that as we get some more real data uh, and how that, how that goes.
2: Yeah. I think it's one of those things where like, look, it's the easiest thing in the world. Like it's a big spot. It's a runner on second with one out or, 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 or two outs or whatever. And the guy, someone strikes out or a runner on third with one out, right? You just have to get the fly ball or whatever, and the guy strikes out, and then the fans are mad because it looks bad. And then, uh, and see, they always, well, we're just gonna try to shorten our approach, that kind of thing. And I don't think they're necessarily trying to shorten the approach, but I just think it's an easy thing to like say, and it's it, it placates the fans a little bit, but like, and I know that was the issue last year was they like they did lead the league and scored, but. Like you said, there were a lot of they had um, they were very highly variant. Where like Mm -hmm. they had a lot of those zero two games, but then a lot of high scoring games. So it was very weird. Last year was so
1: weird. Like credit to um, Joe Davis, he did a really good job of explaining that, and he talked about how teams that you know previously were really good and run scored and runs allowed had won way way more games. So I actually found I found it. all of the story really interesting except for the fact that I didn't really get an idea of, other than, yeah, let's shorten our swing in these, these sort of runners in scoring position. Yeah, uh,
2: I think um, either, that work. I think Jorge Castillo in the LA Times had a profile on Robert Van Squayok, the the new hitting coach, um, who's worked with Chris Taylor in the past. He worked with J.D. Martinez. He was with the Diamondbacks last year too. Uh, his, his sort of overall just general philosophy is, is pretty uh, intriguing. So I think that's worth um, noticing. But I don't really – I can't say for certain what his approach is going to necessarily be. I, I think he's just good at – his hitters are different. It's not like they have a team-wide approach. But I think it's just if he can find what – unlock something in, in different hitters, I think that helps. So like individually and then it will help the team. But uh, I'm interested to see how they do that because um, – um, you know, he, he's sort of an outsider, you know, it's, you, that's the baseball is very insular in a lot of ways where it's baseball men get baseball jobs. And then once you're in, it's, <laughs> you're in, it's hard to get out. And once once you're out on you front the outside, it's hard to get in. So it's, it's very, um, uh, you know, interesting. How he's uh, good for him.
1: All right. Last question before we end up. Um Who do you predict? will win your imaginary award for most improved Dodger this year?
2: Most improved. uh, It's got to be Austin Barnes.
1: Okay. Interesting.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And he doesn't have to hit, he doesn't have to be (laughs) 2017 Austin Barnes to, to, to get that. Like if he could be an average major league catch hitter uh, as a catcher, like that would be like miles better than what he did last year. So I, I, and I, and uh, I think he'll be, he'll be, he'll be okay. Okay. Hopefully. What about you do? You have do you have a
1: pick? Uh, Kike, and I know it yeah. gets a little weird because he he had two months last year where he was really really good, right? Um, but I I'm hopeful and expect to see maybe not that peak, but a much more consistent overall. This this is a guy worth starting almost every day.
2: Yeah, and it's also like he made strides against righties. Um, so like, uh and he didn't murder lefties. Like you, he, he, he hit him well, but like. Man, so imagine if he 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 still hits lefties like he he usually does, but then maintains sort of that consistency against righties, and he's going to be really good. So that's a it's a good pick.
1: All right, it's no Dodger rewind this year. Uh, this year, sorry, <laughs> <They> better not. <laughs> it's be. over. You're, you're, you're <laughs> this week, this week, uh, <laughs> I expect one next. Get get a, get us an interesting opening day Dodger rewind. How about that? I, I actually my w- we,
2: we talked about it earlier because I didn't have one prepared for today, but in my head before we started. I already thought of one, so I'll, I'll uh, I'm gonna try it I'm gonna have that for next week. All
1: right, I'm excited. Uh, we will talk to you all next week with, and we get to talk about real games.
2: Oh my god! Opening day, folks. Baseball's here. Get excited! It's on my birthday for the first time ever. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. Talk to you next week.